0: Hey, brother. Hello, brother. (laughs) Welcome to Season 6, Episode 12 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. That's me. (laughs) Match Wits is a nostalgia-infused pop culture podcast where we we go toe-to-toe on a large number of topics. I say toe-to-toe, but I don't know. We're far more civil in our old age. We used to argue all the time. Uh, Supposedly, in this episode, or in last episode, too, we were going to talk about car movies. Yeah. Um. And,
1: and that's potentially the plan for this one as well. There's a couple <laughs> things. <that> go. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> Until you hijack it and get me talking about something else randomly.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's what we did last episode. We started to talk about car movies and we ended up doing an, an hour on uh, Cleveland sports. Yeah. So, so which you need to make contrition. Yes. Yes, so on the last episode, and this was not a dollar dimwit bet it was but Chris brought up the fact that the old Cleveland municipal Stadium where the Browns and Indians played when they tore it down in I think it was 1997 uh, they used a part of it for a reef now Chris said I think said coral reef but they 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 used it as a reef and I, I said
1: they sank it they sank it in the lake Erie to become I may have said coral reef, but yeah. yes, I understand it. it takes place in salt water <laughs> okay. yeah. so. The, uh, um, let me see the on
0: about one fourth of the old stadium, five thousand cubic yards of reinforced concrete was eventually located a half mile offshore and composed two fishing reefs, each about six hundred feet long, and twenty to fifty feet wide, and two to fifteen feet high.
1: Yeah. Well, I also that's heard, the, the reason I remember that is because I remember the problem with zebra mussels in Erie, and that was one of the things that they talked about using this was to attract, because that's where they like to grow, and they like to grow on concrete and things like that, so that's why they put it offshore to attract the zebra mussel population. So, oh, it, wasn't, so it wasn't gumming up sewer pipes, and you know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. pulled it pulled the population away from the shoreline, so... Yeah. So and, I and, remember those... it, and then you told me I was wrong And then I looked it up And it's literally like The third paragraph down on the Wikipedia thing And I just yeah. sent it to you And you're like, yes, somebody yeah. uh, Mattis called you out so. Yeah So, Hi, hi Mike right, so, Thank you Yeah, so
0: Chris was right It wasn't a dollar bet <laughs> I was I wrong. thought it was I thought it nope. was a dollar bet Nope, there was not a It was okay. like, I'm pretty sure it was a coral reef I was like, no, a coral reef like, what? But you were right I will admit when you're right Mm-hmm. On the rare occasion. Well yeah. according to the tally, you're you've been right on these challenges far more than I have. So Do
1: Kudos we even know you. what it's at? Did you did you go back and listen to see how? I think
0: I think you're up like by three.
1: I'm up way more than that, dude. I got you like on like three or four last last episode. I should really two. get a
0: whiteboard and keep track of this.
1: Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but you were
0: off on Major League and what your Major yeah, League was. But, so.
1: but then I came back with three strong. I got you with the Frank Jella as Skeletor in Masters of the Universe and, mm. like, two other random ones. It, yeah, was, good it was silly ones. Yeah, so I, go, I think I you go. finished two up.
0: Yeah, so you might you might be up four. All right. All, yeah. All right. So next thing I want to do is I'm going to put something in the chat window that I want you to read out loud.
1: Oh, boy. Rise Up Lights. Yes, this is the the one where if you say it enough times, it sounds like you're saying... Rise raz- Up Lights. Razor if blades say... in Australian. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Rise Up Lights. Rise Up Wait. Lights. Rise Up Lights. <laughs> it's Rise Up
0: Lights. Yep. Oh my God, you can't help but say it like a thousand times. And yeah, I was, well, that's I was doing tweet. it with the kids and I was yep. like, oh my God, why is that a thing? Yep, why t- is Rise, R-I-S-E... Space up, space
1: lights sound like razor blades, rise right. up lights, rise up lights, rise up lights, oi, <laughs> rise up lights. <laughs> no, I read that, and the guy said, Now you're gonna say it 275 times and laugh every time you say it. And it, I was like, ridiculous. Yeah,
0: ridiculous. Like, first of all, who figured that out? Was it like a yeah. linguist or whatever? And and it's and and I and I read the tweet and I said it, and I was like, Oh my god. It it is what it is. There's
1: a whole, there's a bunch of those. I don't, I, if you would have told me this is what we were doing, I could have done research (laughs) on this topic, but no, there's a bunch. It's like the idea of, if you say toy boat (laughs) over like five times really fast, it loses its, you you start, literally your brain starts melting down about how, how to say it. There's a, if you repeat the same word over again, over and over again, I forget mm -hmm. what it's called. It's called like. Is, I forget what it is, but there's an actual syndrome that the more you repeat it, it starts losing meaning, and then you start questioning about how you're saying it. But that's, there's a whole series of those. But if you would have told me, I could have done research and found other ones. <laughs> Instead, hey, we're, just I was going, doing... we're just
0: going off the cuff. Instead, somebody, instead is somebody welding doing, in the background?
1: I told you, it's my neighbor's mowing his lawn, and he's got one of those electric mowers. Oh, it's the worst. It sounds like one of those, uh, the Harrier Jets, when it takes off. It's, it's really, really high-pitched mm-hmm. and obnoxious, and he seems to be mowing right by my basement window right now, so... <laughs> That's why I asked you I, prior. I was like, "Do you hear that?" Because I, I, I... I
0: didn't hear it when we started. I hear it now, and and I do have a I have a like a lithium ion mower because we have no you know we have no yard, and it, it does not make that sound. It sounds literally like a hairdryer. Yeah, <laughs> it is it's so it's, it's awful. Sounding. It
1: is it really coming through bad? No, it's fine. Well, I mean man, you can certainly you can certainly hear it. And It certainly does sound like a hair dryer. All
0: right, a couple other things to go to before we start talking about car movies. Um, if, if we talk about car movies. <laughs> again, we started last time trying to talk about car movies. Um, and we talked about Rise Up Lights. You could, I would recommend Harry's if you... <laughs> um, <laughs> blah, blah. You the should Punisher. lose a dollar for All that. Right. So okay. the people that have been listening to Season 6 know that probably
1: early on in Season 6... Now, is he on top of your head? He, he's getting closer. Like that's what I mean. Like he—he's got his garage opens to where I'm sitting, like in the basement. So the window's right there. So I can mute if you want to go on a rant for a little bit. He's got to be done. He might be wheeling it back into the garage, but what do you want from me, man? Like I don't have a studio. I have a basement office. Which all right. Um,
0: here I'll I mute, do. I I'll do want to talk a little bit. to you rant. You can you can I'm not going to rant, but let's I'll, I'll go back. I want to talk about the Punisher, right? So at the beginning earlier this season, you recommended, or maybe even texted me before we started the podcast, and said watch the Punisher. Or maybe we were talking about I don't know, we were talking about something. So I finally finished watching both seasons of the Punisher, and I think I started watching it right after they announced that there wasn't going to be another season of the Punisher. Right. So I finished it last night or this morning at like 12:30, um, and a couple of things on that. A, to me now, John Bernthal is the Punisher. Right? It's
1: in, inextricably tied to that role because that is the best incarnation that we've ever seen of Frank Castle that I remember from the comics. Yeah, and it, I don't it,
0: remember the comics, but no. I remember Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher and, <laughs> and it wasn't great. No,
1: no, it was not. He never even put on the skull shirt, I don't think. I remember like I was up at like Scott Dukevich's house. It was like a sleepover with all the kids from Holy Rosary and we were like 12. So we got to rent it. We got to rent like two rated R movies. We picked like Punisher and I think we picked like Child's Play and we got (laughs) to watch it. And then we watched Punisher. And I don't, from what I remember, starting again, (laughs) I don't remember him ever putting on the Skull shirt. So, yeah. So, so finished
0: it, loved it. And I'm totally bummed that there's not a season three because he he captured it and I, you know, there was I was wondering where they were going to go with this season, right? And 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 the way they ended, there's if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it for you or whatever, um, so you can turn this off or fast forward like three minutes. Um, the way they dealt with like the whole thing with him and um, Billy oh. and, and and making Frank feel like he's not better than Mm -hmm. Billy by thinking he killed the three innocent people, the three innocent women. And that whole thing where all of a sudden and and, and it's where um, Madani was trying to explain like there's a code Right. right, and he stands for something, and and all that. I I I felt like they really did a like they brought up some really important stuff there, and they did a pretty, I mean, important like right and wrong, and sure, and, and all that stuff. I felt like they did a really good job with it for it being like a you know a, a uber violent kind of yeah <laughs> comic like, book movie. They they, they did it, you know, the whole thing with Frank Castle and 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 kind of his code and his family, and he only killed bad guys, but mm. but he's got this thirst for killing, and then the um with the pilgrim like that whole thing where that was the same type of thing you know kind of self-righteous and but doing it from a religious angle and and then the fact that he the the again spoiler that the pilgrim he liked that frank let the the pilgrim live and get to see his boys and then they took out that family that was obviously not good people (laughs) right but but the son had nothing to do with it and they're like He's a good dude. Like, going to yep. let him do his thing. So, there was a there was a code in there. And I thought they did a really good job, and really, I, I would have been interested to see where they take it in a, in a season three. Like, who would be the bad guy? Because the, the whole season played out like the pilgrim was
1: the bad guy, right? Um, and he was, but until I you figure out ended. why why he's acting and doing what he's doing, and then he has a morality to him. That's the thing about Frank Castle in the comics. There's always been. The conflict of morality about what he does versus what should be done. The idea of him being almost an anti-hero using violence where Captain America and things like that are a little bit black and white. It's good versus evil where Frank does things and he he can be considered violent and evil, but the the play on the morality between him and Billy and him and the pilgrim and it, it just made for really really smart storytelling too. Like it didn't lag. I thought the the pilgrim stuff at the beginning felt superfluous, but then once you figure out why he's doing what he's doing, made for compelling television. And you're right, I'm completely bummed that they 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 canceled that. But who and, knows? and the guy
0: who played the pilgrim, like he creeped me out. Like, yeah. He did a good job with that character. Like, he, you know, he was like, "This guy's got a screw loose." Yep. Um, he's scary because he's he's driven by all this stuff. And the the thing at the end too, get spoilers, whatever. Hey, you stopped? Are you muted? Um, thing and the thing at the end where he let the pilgrim live when he could have killed him, and he killed his best friend who was completely not a good part. Like, he, I don't. He didn't sure. blink an eye. Like that honestly caught me. Like Billy's like he's, he's clearly dying. I was and... expecting
1: I was expecting the the big like almost like bro hug handshake with like head to head as Billy dies, but as he just walks up to just spoiler alert just executes him, just <laughs> understands that there's no more Toon to the chest. Yeah. yeah, I was like, but it oh was my if God. it was compassion because Billy would have bled laid there and bled out for a while. Yeah. Like, they they play up the, the almost superhuman element a little too much for as grounded as it claims to be like Billy goes mm-hmm. through but even Frank and the pilgrim the the amount of physical trauma that they take and are still able to move forward is a little bit ridiculous but I mean Frank saw it Frank saw Billy and Billy was needed to be put down and it, it could be construed as a mercy killing as well but that's yeah. what I mean the the idea of the, co- the discussions that you can have about how you portray or how you perceive each act that Frank does or Billy does or the pilgrim does is what made it compelling. You, I, I told you to watch it when we started talking about superhero movies and I said are we using television too and you said no and I said okay we'll watch The Punisher anyway because it's really good that was between that and Daredevil. Daredevil had some smart season one and season three had some really really smart storytelling. Two was kind of the Iron Fist is I don't even want to talk about because that's my dude and they screwed that up. And Luke Cage was good, but Punisher to me was the standout amongst all of the Netflix Marvel stuff.
0: And, and I like the first season of Jessica Jones. Yeah,
1: I agree. I thought that I thought that was good. That was I agree. something I hadn't
0: seen before. and I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good.
1: She's really good. Is Jessica Jones that like Kristen Ritter? Her eye, her eye roll, and her kind of just sarcastic demeanor was perfect for that role. So, agreed.
0: And she was but the yeah. uh, she was the girlfriend Jesse's girlfriend in uh, Breaking Bad, right?
1: Yeah, she's the Jessica one. That Jones. Walter let die. Yeah. yeah. Um, they still might be contractual. I don't know how their contracts work, but there's a possibility of Disney bringing back all of those because now disney owns all of marvel they reclaimed right. all the rights for those so who knows i mean disney's coming out with their own streaming service so there's a possibility but i think they put a hard a hard pg-13 limit on what original content they're going to produce that we are going to do and that yeah. and that was like <laughs> it was hard arc. there's no way you can do that pg-13 i was, was, I was not... on this stair
0: stepper at the uh at the gym I'm yeah. watching it on my phone which is hard to see anyways but sure. I got an iPhone 7S which so is a pretty big screen and I'm watching it on the stair stepper and it's pretty violent but, sure. the, but it also has you know there's a lot of intimate scenes sure. and I was like mm, there's kids in here so I'm like <laughs> taking my towel and like draping it over the front of the screen my, I was sorry like for
1: my favorite yeah. story of getting somebody to watch something inappropriate and inappropriate i got aaron to watch season one of game of thrones on a plane <laughs> she was like actually oh, like a really really old woman i was like you need to get caught up She was like okay she was like i'm gonna watch it on the plane and i kind of laughed to myself as she said that and then she was watching it and like season one of game of thrones is the most nudity heavy and probably the most outright blood heavy so mm. yeah that made me laugh
0: so if anybody that works for Netflix happens to be listening um, other than green lighting um, our Orange is the new brown uh, movie <laughs> that we talked about last time uh, mm-hmm. would be uh, it's a simple setting it is a public setting ie for airplanes in the gym etc and all it does is is take out the stuff that you don't want other people to see
1: mm-hmm. it just, it just it's just a
0: it's just a, to- it's just a toggle I'm in yeah. public. It's being... the, it's,
1: yeah, so it's just like the, is it does it complete does it cut to completely new footage or like just an insert of like something happy when there, there's a violent scene or does it like have <laughs> like, like, like a, a teddy bear? Oh yeah, like playing old... some music. Like, do you, do you watch uh last week tonight with John Oliver? No. So he does a lot about British Parliament, and if you show British parliamentary procedure, like the actual camera footage of how their parliament works they can't show it on broadcast television so every time that he talks about it in great britain when it's when it's broadcast something else has to be shown so he sent he he puts things in that are completely non-sequitur like with no explanation whatsoever (laughs) so to just cut to like a guy like from the 80s bodybuilding and like rubbing oil on himself and then it cuts back after they finish (laughs) their segment so so netflix should do the
0: same thing yeah they should they should cut to like muppet babies or something or whatever and just something random. Muppet Babies. I right. love that show. I love <laughs> Muppets. Anyways. Um, so, again, uh, would love for them to bring back Punisher. I can't... It seems like it was a popular... I, I I don't know what Netflix's criteria is for keeping and canceling shows. I was a big fan of Travelers. I can live without Travelers, right? I mean, I, I watched that and it was decent, but I could see why it was canceled. But Punisher, I thought, was really good. So Yeah. And they don't... And, and they killed... Did they kill all the Marvel movies on Netflix? All the series, yeah. Jessica Jones, were, Punisher, yeah. Iron Fist.
1: And Luke Cage. And Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. Which I was, I mean, Luke Cage, I, that Mike Holter really wasn't Luke Cage for me. Dan, the Finn Jones that played Danny Rand wasn't even close. Like, later in season two, before it got canceled, sort of. But, no, not really. I had a whole different thought process for him. But what the about, kid, the kid and wasn't that all Daredevil. coming together? Wasn't that all coming together? Wasn't there a story
0: arc or a set of comics where the the, the those not the Punisher but Luke Cage? Yeah, Iron- they
1: they did it. They did season one of the Defenders, which it was the all four. Right. It was yeah. all four of them together, which it wasn't bad. There was some cool team up fights, and, and there's one part where Luke Cage swings, Danny Rand the Iron Fist around, and he kicks a bunch of people in the face, which is from the <laughs> comics, and that that brought a nerd <laughs> smile to my face. But uh, nice. overall, they're passable. There's like Neh. I I was bummed that I wasted time on Iron Fist. And Luke Cage was good. man nah, yep. it's all good. I, I just yeah. wanted all to do well. Like I used to watch The Flash. I don't. I never get caught up in the Marvel versus DC stuff. Like just give me good comic book stuff, man. I don't care. I don't care who makes it. Just right. make me make cool stuff. <laughs> I, heard Shaz- I heard Shazam is awesome. Oh really? With Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, I dude, like, awesome, like, the best DC, I mean, obviously, I, you can't go by the trailers where it says, like, best DC movie to date, and then you look at who said it, and it's just some <laughs> random dude on Twitter, it's like, alright, <laughs> but no, I heard it's really funny, and it's, like, one of the, the most entertaining of the DC movies, which is fine, like, just all give right. me good stuff, man, I don't care Did you get your ticket for Endgame? Heck yeah. I got two hours before they even gave me notification that they were on sale. It's the same thing that happened for Infinity War. So I set, my, I set a reminder through Fandango to, to send me a notification as soon as they go on sale. And mm-hmm. then I set a reminder in my phone, hey, tickets go on sale today, so check. So I go to work pretty early in the morning. I'm usually at work by 5.30. So I started checking every half hour. And then I went in, and they weren't supposed to be on sale. And I got halfway through the transaction, and it booted me out. And then I got, yeah. So I'm going Friday, and then I'm going Sunday with Aaron. Jeez. <laughs> what? I've been waiting for these movies since I, I was a kid, man. I, I like, do know. I don't know. We're going to get our tickets.
0: We haven't got them yet because Charlie's got a scout thing. And we can't well, go without
1: them. So. Did, did you happen to see the, any of the pre-sale numbers? No. It broke. It broke Infinity War's record within the first six hours of them being on sale. Oh they, wow! You had to wait in a line, a digital line, because it was <laughs> cra- it was crashing the AMC and the Fandango servers. Nice. Like it, you would, you would log in. I have a screen capture on my phone. I'll send it to you. It's it I went back in after I bought my tickets to get the ones for Sunday for Aaron and I, and I log in and it says you are now in a virtual waiting line. I'm like, wait. What I was like, well, how does that work? And they did it because so many people were logging on that it was just it was crashing all the servers. Three hours, three hours in like two minutes. They're actually considering putting an intermission in the middle of it so people could get up and go pee.
0: Oh my god, three hours! Oh, thank God we're going. We'll go to the nice theater with the lights up
1: and all that. Yep, three hours. Well, there's. Did you ever? I think it's called Run Pee. I forget. Did you ever see the app? That well, actually it takes all the new movies in theaters and it tells you the best time to run to the bathroom. Where it has the least amount <laughs> of props. Awesome. I forget what the name I think it's called like run pee or, or whatever it is, but it, it, it calculates like the major plot points, what you'll miss, like when the action set pieces are, and it tells you the best time to go to the bathroom. Like it'll literally give you a notification, it'll pop up on you it says, Go now. <laughs> you just get up <laughs> and you run to the bathroom and you come back. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed that I didn't
0: uh, come up with that. That's Raise to- up. Yeah. Raise up blades. <laughs> That's a really good. Yeah, I get do the razor blade thing. Yeah. Um, all right, so I finished Punisher last night. We're going to go way off topic here, but we'll get to cars. I'm, I'm pretty confident <laughs> we're going to get to cars. <laughs> I know you did research and everything. So yeah. I finished I finished Punisher last night. I, was, I only had one episode left. I couldn't make it Friday night. I, couldn't make it through, I had three left. I could only make it through two. So I finished Punisher, and then I was like, all right, I still want to watch something. And what came up was, like, just on the next thing, um, like, uh, on the homepage of, of Netflix was sure. the, the Dirt. Oh, uh, the, the Motley Mo- Crew movie. Yeah, the Motley Crew thing. And I started watching it, and I was like, I was feeling nostalgic. They played the music. Like, I was feeling 80s, but I, I didn't finish the movie. But my, my whole thing is, I want your take on this. Why are we getting? Why are we getting all of these m- based on you know true event music musician stories? Elton John, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Dirt, um, Straight Outta Compton was really good. I love that movie. Sure, um, but, but but why are we? What's the? And, and to me, it's Straight Outta Compton was different. Well, I guess they were all no, they, they all have their all, stories,
1: right? Yeah, they're all Steve. It's not like this is new. I mean, the idea. I mean, yeah, the once. Hollywood sees that you can do a lower budget – not necessarily a lower budget, but it doesn't have to be a spectacle film where you're spending $200 million to make a movie because you, you can't really justify that unless you're making a billion dollars at, at the box office. So making Bohemian Rhapsody for whatever it was, $30 million, $50 million, but the returns that you're getting on that is massive because it – Straight out of Compton may have started or restarted, but it's all trends. I mean, think back to Walk the Line. Walk the Line oh, yeah. kind of ushered in a whole new, and then there was a bunch of even movies that weren't about real ones. I think it was what was the one with Jeff Bridges where he played the kind of aging troubadour that fell in What was that called? Like Wild Heart, oh, Heart of any, Gold, or
0: something? Yeah, whatever that oh, was. But he like, like
1: he sang all the songs on it and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Like that's. It's been going on for a while, but now you get the ones, all right, these can be considered awards contenders because I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, and I don't know if I will solely because of – I hate Brian Singer, man. Like, I, I, yeah, I yeah. that sucks because I like Remy Malek. I really like Mr. Robot. I like – I mean, I love Queen. I love the Barry Queen, but I don't know if I'll – it, it the fervor around it and all the 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 controversy during the award season and how it's been it's been so censored in other countries and th- I just don't it, there's just too much else out there where rocket man I'm really intrigued the Elton mm-hmm. John biopic right. because that Taron Egerton like does all his own singing and learned how to play the piano and the kid's super talented and it doesn't look like they're shying away from all the weird stuff that Elton John did and I I'm okay with that like I don't know. They, it's just... They it, they go in trends. So now they see that they can be considered awards contenders. So now there's going to be mm. a glut of them. And then it'll go yeah. away for a little bit. And then rinse, repeat. And
0: The Motley Crue one is not an award contender. No. I mean, that's, why, it, that's why it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you watch it. And But the hard no. thing is, like... I don't know. I mean, I, I need to finish watching it. But you, you get some of the backstory and the way that... It's tricky because they... They're younger Motley Crew, so you you, you got to recognize... Tommy Lee's easy to pick out. He's tall and skinny and kind of yeah. you know lanky. And That's, single, but that's Machine Gun
1: Kelly. Do you know who that is, Steve? Machine Gun Kelly is the guy that plays Tommy Lee. I don't really like him. He's, he's like a rapper. He's a went, rapper, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went after Eminem. He was also... You didn't see Bird Box, did you? Yeah. Yeah, he's the... We talked about that on episode one. He's the dude, in, he's the, the guy that sleeps with the Latina chick in the closet. He's the, the people that oh, leave. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's him. That's Machine Gun Kelly. And I, he was superfluous in that movie, and I didn't really think he was that good of an actor. And so him as probably the most famous of the four of them. Yeah, You know what I mean? In the context yeah, yeah. of Vince Neil or Nikki Sixx, but probably the most famous or household name. Eh. Give me a note. Give me a someone that doesn't have baggage when it comes well tommy lee has baggage so what am i talking about (laughs) yeah they all but they all have and it so anyways it it was tricky
0: because was the younger versions of them the way you two have to do storytelling when you take celebrities and you have to actually tell them like there there's a a point where tommy lee meets heather locklear for the first time Mm -hmm. but you can't just be like oh that's heather locklear you have to kind of weed it into the story which makes it not natural yeah which is like, oh, I recognize you from TV. I love you on the Fall Guy, and then she's like, that's Heather Thomas. I'm Heather Locklear. It's like, oh, that's Heather Locklear, or Razzle from Hanoi Rocks, the one that died in the yep. car accident. Like you, he's got to come in. They have to say, hey, this is Razzle from Hanoi Rocks. You get to see him once, and then you try to, and, and for he's got maybe thirty seconds of screen time, and then. You know, fifteen minutes later he's in a car accident and dies. Like, well that
1: and so they, it, they just, can't they they obviously can't build up the actual backstory. You know what I mean? Like Razzle right. and them go went way back, right? Like they grew up right. together playing all the the crappy clubs in LA, so they'd been friends. So when you try to condense all of that sordid history into a two hour movie, you're kinda gonna lose the emotional impact. Like apparently from what I remember in the book, that completely devastated Vince Neal because it was his freaking fault that Wow, his, it was completely. It was
0: completely his fault. I, I guess my point is, and, and my question for you, from a film filmmaking perspective, is: is doing one of those biopics a better way of telling the story than doing a biography, you know, or doing sure. a documentary? Because
1: no, nobody reads anymore, Steve. I know, <laughs> no, but I'm saying we do, well, but, but nobody else does. Yeah, I don't read as much as I should, uh, but sure.
0: I guess my point is, it's like. Molly Cruz story like there's a story in there pick one but the it, it like going through and going here's how it started here's how they got the name here's where the here's where this happened here's like going through a timeline and trying to do all of that of a career in two hours that's not a like wow. it's hard it's to tell too that dense. story
1: yeah it's yeah. too dense because they're they to too much ground
0: and, yeah. it, it, and you don't go deep enough and in the end it doesn't resonate that's, that's what it, I it, took of the hour that I watched and then
1: it feels minutes. shallow if you exactly. don't, if you can't get it all in there, it, like like it's the the point about the the guy from whatever whatever his name was, the the friend of his that got killed, you can't razzle. razzle, you can't build up their friendship, how long they were friends beforehand, and and all of that, and then have that emotional impact of when he gets killed in the car accident. Efficiently, like because right. that needs to, but then other things would have to take a back seat, which I don't think that they wanted to do. Like, the dirt is all about their partying and things like that, and then they pepper in the stories of, of the heartbreak and the, the pain and loss. And right, but it, I don't know, it, it's hard to, it comes across as callow or shallow just because you can't give it the necessary time. But that's okay. that's any of these massive books. Like that's that's why I was happy that they can you know, they did it in the Stephen King book, it in two parts. Because it's so big and so massive that you can't you can't do it in one movie. It just wouldn't work. That's why the miniseries right. kind of worked due to given its budget and that's why right. the movie needed to be split. That's why you can't do the stand in one movie. You can't. It it's impossible to not lose the emotional resonance without giving all of the Story, it's due. So, it's hard. It's hard to boil it down unless you have a good narrative or a good, a good writer. Like Walk the Line worked. Like that. That worked for me just because. I mean, we're huge Johnny Cash fans, and we read his book or had read his autobiography, and yeah, it does a good job about towing the the line between what he was and what he became later in his life. So, who knows? It, It it comes down to the talent surrounding the people that of the material itself the writer the director where netflix feels like it just kind of dumped it yeah. i don't i don't know who directed it i don't know who wrote it you know what i mean like, i got no idea
0: yeah and i do not want to I, again i just it just seemed like these are all coming at us all sure. within a, a period of time when I mean, you've got you know bohemian rhapsody that was up for wasn't it up for uh Academy Award or yeah best Golden Picture Low or whatever yeah no, and, I got
1: nominated for a bunch I think
0: yeah so award-winning to this which was not I, I just when I was watching it I was like this is not I'm, I'm getting cool stuff out of it but it's it, it felt very MTV it felt sure. very they're just giving you the stuff that you want like just like you, you're getting the drugs you're getting the sex you're getting the booze and you're getting you know and I only made it to the beginning of, like making of uh, theater Pain Okay. About how far I made it. So I got to finish watching.
1: It. But it, it also comes, we have a soft spot for Motley Crue because you were a metalhead, which turned me into a metalhead for a certain, yep. a, a short period of time. Where Queen's different. Queen bridges a little bit more of an audience where it's, yep. we like Queen. You know what I mean? Jen likes Queen. Other yep. people like Queen, where Motley Crue has more of a limited audience and is notorious for their partying, where Queen was a little bit more revolutionary in their music and. Freddie Mercury being the you know the first really visible case of HIV, yep. and, and things like that. So the, even the social or societal impact is bigger and more lasting than Molly Crue doing a bunch of drugs and stripper songs. Right. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> that's a good point. Right. Um, so I need I need to, I need to finish that. All right. So. Uh, And we'll talk about this at the end. All right. So let's talk about cars. (laughs) Roughly thirty minutes left. We're going to get to cars. I had a couple other things I was going to bring up, but I was like, all right. I I know uh, you you were throwing some stuff before we hopped on here that some pretty good content around uh, around car movies. So uh, we'll jump into it. Um, A couple things about cars themselves, right? Just to to kind of set this up and transition from Molly (laughs) Crew. So and and we should say one thing about Molly Crew. Our father, um, uh, he owned Doctor Feelgood the album before I did. He had the cassette tape of Doctor Feelgood. He's the one who actually bought it. Yep, because he liked Kickstart My Heart. Anyways, um, all right. So t- and speaking of our father, our father, uh, we, we I would say we are not car guys. I'm definitely not a car guy. Like I don't own a fancy car, a, I don't own a performance car, I grew up liking, I had friends that were really into cars, I, I, I part of me likes old cars, but I would still say I'm not a car guy, and our father was the king of not being a car guy, he was notorious for buying a 10-year-old to 12-year-old Toyota for $500, yep. driving it for five years, and selling it for $500, yep. So and and I think I I certainly picked I certainly picked that up I mean we we did buy our Toyota uh, minivan brand new but that was 15 years ago and sure. we're still driving it so
1: yeah uh, I, I'm not, not real car guys I'm not I like cars I, I appreciate nice cars I worked for a very high line uh, car dealership and then I had a blast working around the cars I can't fix them <laughs> I certainly can't <laughs> right. I can't do any work on cars I would never be called myself a gearhead, but I do appreciate nice cars like I drive an old Acura but it's the, the car that I always wanted it's the last year that they made the certain body style and I got it with low miles and I'm very economical about the cars that I choose If I had money I have a list of cars That I would love to buy As soon as I You know won Powerball Or anything like that Like for, If anyone ever has a, a little bit of money Sitting around And wants to buy <laughs> me a, a 1967 Lincoln Continental Convertible Preferably black on, With black leather mm. That's It's the last suicide year Suicide doors they, It's the last year They made it with the suicide doors mm-hmm. Yeah It's like a city Block long Gets like yep. six miles oh, Six yeah. miles to the gallons Made out of like Stainless steel Yep
0: yep it's funny. I didn't want the convertible, but I, but I, I would. I would. If you go through my uh, Craigslist of like recent, like favorite searches, sure, it, it, Lincoln Continentals on there. Uh, I love that. The I love the Flud, uh, John Flud had one um when he lived in Winchester, and I think he to this day. Uh, I think he regrets selling it. He had it. He didn't like. He bought it. He drove it, and it needed a bunch of work. And he, I think, when he was moving out of town, he sold it. And sure. uh, I talked to him about once a couple years ago, and. I think he said. I think he still wish he had that car. It was, it was cool. The suicide doors were pretty cool.
1: All of my all of my cars are from movies, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like my my infatuation with cars come from their aesthetics and the, and the visuals of them. Like I always wanted a skyline. I wanted a Nissan Skyline. That mm. that's the one that Paul Walker drove in yep. the second the the second uh, Two Fast Too Furious, but. I loved that car. I loved the Supra that he drives at the end of one of the first mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious movie. I love, like, I appreciate those cars. But, like, the thing that I really liked after I after the fact that I figured it out, like, Paul Walker built that Skyline himself. Like, that's his car that he built because he's he was a, a giant gearhead. And I was like, right. as soon as I figured that out, I was like, okay, I, I appreciated that franchise a little bit more and you have to you can't talk about car movies without talking about that franchise Steve just take a wild guess of in franchise like over the course of his franchise how much money that that franchise has made Fast and Furious yep oh uh, 10 billion F- five billion dollars now right. that ranks it as the eighth biggest franchise ever behind the x-men which has 11 movies, and right. in front of Jurassic Park, which has five. Right. Dude, it it's made more money than Batman. And that's oh, wow. counting all of the Batman animated movies, all the live-action movies, all of anything. Five billion dollars. It's got a live show. It's got a stunt spectacular that travels around and does, <laughs> does like... Really? Perform. Yeah, like, I was looking it up and I was like, that is the most fascinating because the first one was so not what it is now. Like they were stealing V I think they were stealing DVD players and and, and VCRs. I think they were like hijacking trucks <laughs> I Steve I, I crap you yeah, like, I Like hi- yeah, hijacking trucks. Yeah hijacking trucks of electronics versus them fighting a nuclear submarine in the in the <laughs> most recent one. But that's the first movie I ever illegally downloaded I know that's probably damning to say but I remember I found it I think it was on Casa Media Net or mm-hmm. maybe maybe one of the early ones but we downloaded it and it didn't have a soundtrack now if you've ever watched the Fast and the Furious movies the soundtrack's super important <laughs> to the pacing <laughs> and the energy yeah. of the uh, and the energy of the movie and we watched it and it didn't have a soundtrack and I still liked it and I've always had a soft spot for that. But you can't talk about car movies without talking. But the the idea of it's the seventh biggest franchise ever, behind obviously like Marvel and Star Wars and things like that, but slightly behind the X Men, which had three more movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Three more movies than Fast and Furious had and in front of Jurassic Park and Batman. It's like whoa just have a slice of that five billion dollars i was i yeah. was going to look up like gross national products of countries but <laughs> i wanted to see where that would fall but i got sidetracked yep yeah.
0: i mean and, that, and the reason i said they billion is i knew that in in mm. at least
1: eight right you said eight movies right yeah the eight yep uh, f8 was the fate of the furious the fate of the furious and now they're doing that spin-off with jason statham and the rock and idris Elba as the villain and i i it looks awesome. Like don't, don't like it's one of those movies that doesn't apologize for what it is. Don't right. don't try to sugarcoat it. Make a big ridiculous movie and just have fun with it. I'm okay with that. Like like I said in the last few podcasts, not everything has to be Schindler's list. Not everything has to have <laughs> right, crushing. Right. Things are allowed to be dumb and awesome at the same time. Right. Which the Fast and the Furious franchise definitely is. So, Agreed. All right. So
0: let's go into the I was going to the list. Um, well, one other thing, I, and I, I put this up, and it's turning. This is, a, this is a long list, but I want to highlight a couple of things because, and I don't know if it's unique to me, but um, when it comes to cars and driving, I think I've been. I haven't. I don't have a tally, but I think I've been pulled over about twenty times. Oh, jeez, really? And I, I, and I think I only ever got like two tickets. I, I get pulled I... <laughs> over for the craziest, craziest things. So I'm just going to go through my list real, real quick. And, I, and maybe it's unique to me. Maybe I'm extremely lucky.
1: Um, Steve, you want to know how many times I've gotten pulled over? How many? Twice, mm. in my in my life, and I got one ticket. <laughs> like that's it. Like I can, like, I just I don't get pulled over. I don't but know. I don't why. get pulled over for speeding. That's what my thing. Get, like what do you get pulled over for?
0: All right. So when I lived in North Carolina, I was pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt. No, because that was own, a thing back that's then. Your own dumb voice. So I, uh, uh, I got a uh, what? Well, no, it was, it, and that was a week after I did get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Now, one of the things about North Carolina that's unique, at least at the time, was they had a thing called forgiveness. So you could go to court if it was your first speeding ticket. You only you only got one. You could go to court. You had to wait in line, wait for them yep. to call your name, and you could ask. And you actually had to go through the formality of asking them to forgive you. Sure. And then they would lower it to whatever, take the points off your license and, and, and lower your fine. Yep. So I had that happen. And then a week later, I got pulled over. I was going to the flea market or something and not wearing my seatbelt. And that was like a $10 fine at the time. <laughs> uh, I got pulled over in York, Pennsylvania uh, for not having my headlights on while the, the wipers were, like, while it was raining and the wipers were on.
1: Okay, but well, again, that's your dumb fault. <laughs> like, well, but did you like everybody's got daytime running lights now, but it doesn't like, matter; they're different. It's a thing.
0: It was, it was eight o'clock in the morning. I was going to work, and it was like a slight drizzle, so I turned my windshield wipers on, and it was like, nope, you need to have your lights on. So you can have your windshield wipers on.
1: It's now I think it's required by law. I mean, I think it was required by law back then, but they made it like abundantly clear. Like, just turn your headlights on. I just turn mine on all the time, it's just habit.
0: Now, yeah, that's now with the daytime running lights are always on. Um, I got pulled over between, like, in, in Arizona on the way to Vegas on our honeymoon in a in a Sebring, a Chrysler Sebring convertible, um, and got pulled over and played the honeymoon card and got off of that one.
1: Sure, speeding.
0: Um, oh yeah, that was yeah. speeding. Um, uh, I got pulled over in rush hour in DC. On 22nd Constitution, I don't know how familiar I with D.C. So the old mall, right? Like yep. literally like right in front of the Washington Monument in right, like gridlock traffic. <laughs> I'm late for a meeting, and the cop passes me going, and also in gridlock, going the opposite direction, looks at me. I was like, why did that cop look at me funny? And I watch in my rearview mirror, and the cop turns around, puts its lights on, pulls me over. And he pulled me over because the car that I had I bought in Pennsylvania and in Pennsylvania, you only need to have license plates on the back of your car. Uh, and, you didn't have them on the front. And I didn't have – and they gave me – two. like, I went to the DMV in Virginia, and they gave me two license plates. I think I threw the second one out. Hmm. <laughs> so a, right. He pulled me over at right, and gave me like, – he's like, you got to get this fixed. And I was like, but we're in the District of Columbia. Yep. But yeah. this and he's like, but it's illegal in Virginia. I was like, all right. So I got pulled over that. That's, that, that's a cop having a bad day. <laughs> he was just looking for somebody yeah. to pull, oh, but pull the, over. The saga continues. Um, we, uh, right around that same time, we got the stickers that you put on that says, it's one on the left-hand side is the month, and the other is the year. And they go on your license plate.
1: Right? Oh, the regi- yeah, the registration like stickers. The registration.
0: Not the one that goes on the windshield, but on your yeah. license plate, there is, like it was October of 2013, right? So you got a sticker, and every year you got new ones. So, But you got one for the month and one for the year we got this and every year so you don't have to you only get one month sticker right when you first get your license plate because that never changes and then every year they send you new years right 13 14 so we got two because we're supposed to have two license plates janine put them on put the 13 over top of the october so that it said 13 13
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> cop pulls us over thought we were like like what's the deal i was yeah. like what do you mean so the sticker, you can't do that. He's like, because he's like, I thought you guys were trying to, you guys were up to something. Like, you had an expired registration, you put the sticker over top, and they checked it. And, we, and our registration was valid, but we jacked up the sticker. So we had to get a new plates on that one.
1: So, yeah. So they, they gave you a stupidity tax? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and then and then I got pulled over in college for driving, you, you remember Vinny, my roommate Vinny? The, yep. um Who plays in the band Isentillo. I know. Um, I was driving his 74 Ford Maverick that had this outline of the body on the hood and we were running to uh, Long John Silvers to get not to get food but to get the what we call the crispy stuff. The, which the is Cracklins. The, the cracklins. Yeah. And it was middle of winter and I was like wearing shorts and a t shirt and it was freezing well, Steve, cold. Steve
1: don't was, Steve don't gloss over the fact that I don't think our list a lot of people know that you can actually go to Long John Silvers and ask for the stuff that fell off of like the hush puppies and the the the, the fish and the patties. Fish, and yeah. you can just get the they call it I think they call it cracklins or they call it the crunchy stuff where they literally scoop it out of the fryer and put it in like a little container and you can buy it from Long John Silver's. I don't think they give know it to that. you.
0: Yeah, but at least at the time they would give it to you. And it's because it, it, it's it should be in the trash.
1: Yeah, it's garbage. Right, it's, 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 it's fried garbage. It's, it's
0: it's it's just the batter that's fallen off of whatever mm-hmm. yep. that's so good. Yeah. Anyways, Sorry. so I got pulled over because the back of the of, of of Vinny's Maverick was not scraped. So they made me in the middle of campus get out of the car and scrape the windows. <laughs> and luckily because I had it wasn't even my car. So
1: you mean luckily the, they the, had the car seen it you were driving with the outline of a human being on the front of it, like a yes. chalk outline of a human person, you were surprised that they right. pulled you over in that.
0: Well, and but they because we live right next door to the sheets, they <laughs> recognized it and like, Oh, I know where you live and because they saw it on my idea idea or whatever because I didn't have I didn't, know, I didn't know it was I didn't know it was registration, it wasn't my car, like yeah. But I got out of that because it was a super recognizable car. Sure. Uh, and then the last one that I'll go through that I, I – and this was – I did get a speeding ticket for this one. I was coming back from picking bits up in, in Pennsylvania, coming back to um, Virginia. And there's a, a place where you, you pass under the underpass, and it goes from 55 miles an hour to 35. or it might even go down to 25, something like that. And I got pulled over, and I was, like, well over 20 miles over the speed limit, which is reckless driving.
1: Yep. So
0: I got pulled over – and it was like you got to go to court and a whole 9 yards so i go to court and i'm watching all these people and like people are you know people are fighting it saying hey uh you know the the odometer my or my speedometer was uh needed calibrated so they took it to a mechanic and they had a receipt so now, mm-hmm. you know they got their they got whatever so That's i watched like well, i don't know 30 people go I wait like 2 hours and and they get up and it's like a whole formality thing where you get up there and they're like do you plead guilty or innocent and whatever and I get up there, and I froze. Like I, I don't because because the judge asked the, the cop that pulled me over, "Are you seeking jail time?" Because that was reckless driving. I was like, and I, no. I panicked. I was like, no? nobody else of the thirty people that went before me, they didn't bring up jail time. I get up there like one of the last people. Like, are you seeking jail time? And I was like, I I, I damn near passed out. H- how old were you? Yeah. Oh, this was like five years ago. Oh, okay. I thought you were now, like maybe younger. Maybe eight years ago. No, yeah. No, I was like, <laughs> are you seeking jail time? And I was like, no. I, I was like, I'm, I'm guilty. I did it. Just, I'll, I'll pay the fine. Can I go, please? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want
1: to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah, so slow down, yeah. wear your seatbelt, <laughs> yep. use, your, use your headlights, and clean Wait, your windshields and then,
0: and, then, and then there is one other. All right. And this isn't, this isn't a moving violation, but still good car story. In the in the flats in Cleveland, right? So we talked about Cleveland sports last time. So um, where the new stadium is, we're doing Jacobs Field, which is now what Progressive Field. Yeah. Um, the not too far is what they call the flats, right? It's an area on the river that dumps in, yeah. on, that dumps into the lake. The one that caught on fire, and on yep. on either side, there's a bunch of cool bars and restaurants and everything. So we went to an afternoon game. It was the A's against the um, Indians. I think we got the you know the seats where you can stand on the home run alley in yep. the outfield like you don't actually have a seat anyways we go to the game we park on one of the streets over by the flats where you know you, instead of paying to park in a lot we you know parked on the street go down have a couple beers whatever and we're getting ready to go home and we go back and car's gone <laughs> and we see our car's gone and we see the tow truck luckily we see the tow truck towing the, towing the car in front of us it had been impounded nice so we had a walk to there's no Uber back then. Were you illog- illegally parked? Um, it was you couldn't park there after six, and it was like six forty-five.
1: Yeah. Like it changed, <laughs> it changed, right, whatever. All of, this I mean, side, all of these things that you're like, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got pulled over for doing this. Yeah, Steve, those are all illegal. Like not wearing a seatbelt is illegal. Not cleaning I know, your windshield I know, I'm not, hey, I, this uh-huh. is not,
0: I'm completely accountable for all these things. It's I just thought you were a, saying like, woe is me.
1: No, 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 no. I'm, I'm lucky
0: that of all these, I've only ever gotten like a handful of tickets. The one sure. where I went to court and I wanted to seek jail time <laughs> and, you know, once in North Carolina. and I think once when I was going to IUP. Um, I came flat up over a hill and, and got pulled over there. So I'm, I'm really lucky considering all the times that I've been on the side of the road with a cop at my window sure. that I didn't – I didn't, like that I still have a driver's license. That's no. the
1: point. Oh, okay. So
0: then we had to walk to the police station in, in Cleveland, and the impound lot is not in the city. It, it's – outside the city so then you have to get on a bus <laughs> after you pay the 150 bucks to get your car out of impound then you have to go and get in your car which is wherever and then go home from there
1: yeah spoiler alert don't park in no parking zones hey, but
0: it wasn't i mean yeah,
1: they, right. they, they literally wait like i i deal I, with uh, because i, I park in i park in the city so much in philly like i they, they, they'll hide around corners and wait until, like, they'll walk up and then they'll set reminders in their phone to walk back in certain areas to see when they're, you know, a meter's up or you can only park in this area for two, two hours at a time. They'll set little reminders and go back because they don't care. <laughs> right. I have, oh, I, I have I, I have run-ins with the Philly Parking Authority all the time. They really don't like it when you say, you. if you ask them if they failed out of the police academy. Like, I'm really sorry that you failed out of the police academy. And the one woman just looked at me and she goes, what did you say? And I was like, Ooh. nothing. Yeah, they don't like that. Spoiler alert. Don't like that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, car movies? <laughs> Maybe. We got like ten <laughs> minutes left of car movies. A yeah. week. All right, so what's I'm going to go through one? my list, or do you want right. to just go through your list? No, I don't really have a list. I have ones that if you don't have on there, I'm going to make fun of you.
0: All right, I'm, I'm just gonna. Go- uh, I'm not going to go into great um, detail about my one two. I, I, sometimes I do these lists. I only do five. One, two, one. <laughs> All right.
1: Um. Yeah. Do you want to start Transpo- with the- Transporter? Okay. Yeah, I like Jason Statham. I think that's uh, is that Luke Besson? Did did he direct the first one? Uh, I don't know, but I
0: think. I, he did. And, and one of his better, one of Statham's better movies. Sure.
1: Yeah, because he's right? a stunt guy. That's that's how he that's how he got his start. Was he was a he was a stunt man. He's a trained martial artist, a trained stunt driver. So all the stunts that he did in that movie that he did, like a lot of the driving stunts that he did, all the fight scenes are all him. Like he's super talented dude and he's actually like he's kind of funny I I really like Jason Statham so I'll watch bad movies that he's in no no Luke Besson was the writer it was Louis Le Terrier is the the director he's the guy that did Incredible Hulk the bad one but Mm -hmm. no it's good I I like that movie good 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 And, and,
0: and we didn't we didn't preface this though there's a couple movies that are not car movies that have some great car chases Sure, We can talk about that, too. Uh, all right. So Transporter, Italian job. Is Italian job a car car movie? Feels yeah. Like, it, like yeah. Even the original was like the original Mini Coopers. Right. And then they remade it. And With then... the,
1: that's what that was. The relaunch of the new Mini Cooper. Right. It was all just a big publicity stunt for them to advertise how capable their new the new Mini Coopers were, which. Yeah. I mean, any of those movies that the first thing you think of when you think of a movie is the car. I guess it can be considered a car movie. I don't know. Like, Back to the Future is not a car movie. But the the car
0: is a a character in the movie.
1: The car is definitely, and led to a resurgence in in DeLorean sales. DeLorean sales. Like, the the guy that, Ernie Klein, the guy that wrote Ready Player One, after he got his first, I think it was either his advance or whatever the first paycheck he got for selling Ready Player One, he went and bought uh, DeLorean. Like that nice. was the f- that was his first purchase and he drives it to like all of his writing his writing appearances and like anytime he appears at like Comic Cons or anything like that, he drives his he drives his cool. DeLorean. But yeah, so like that's not considered a car movie. But, but yeah. Italian Job, sure. I didn't And the thing
0: with it and I and I should confess about Italian Job is I watch the entire movie with no audio. <laughs> just watching it, like
1: just looking yeah, at I watched, it. Yeah,
0: watch not watch it on the airplane on someone else's screen.
1: Yeah. You don't really I mean it's not the greatest of movies, but the the chase sequences are done really well.
0: Yeah, I mean that's and I was like, yeah, like, don't they take the minis that like it, and they're all choreographed, like yeah. it, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, and there was no dialogue. Yeah, no dialogue. All right, so
1: next is uh Smokey and the Bandit. Sure. And... See, all right, this is where this is where I can jump in, Steve. This is where you can lump all those together. You can lump Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit Two mega force that's all directed by that Hal Needham that I was telling you about that okay. that's that's the the probably one of the most famous stuntmen to ever walk the face of the planet. Like, his his IMDb is one of the most ridiculous. So he has 4,500 television episode credits, and he's got 310 feature credits. Whether he's directed a lot, he acted a little bit, but he's been stunts, stunt choreographer, assistant stunts, like, all of those. All together, like, 4,500 television episodes and 310 feature films. But he's the... He was Burt Reynolds' stunt... It was his stunt double that did like the early ones, but then he directed *Cannonball Run*. He directed um, *Stroker Ace*. He directed Smokey and the Bandit*. He directed pretty much anything that Bruce or uh, Burt, Burt Reynolds, Reynolds was in yeah. that involved the vehicle of some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Hal Hal Needham was involved or involved in it. Hal Needham also directed *Rad*. The the nineteen oh like eighties yeah, BMX movie. Like that's right. So you know who he is without knowing who he is. But he's the one that kind of revolutionized stunt stunts in modern Hollywood. He's the one that pushed for safety laws and and roll cages and things like that. But he also is the one that invented Riggs, I think he's the one that invented the chase car, like the the little dune buggy that had the vehicle, that had the camera mount to it, because he wanted to get closer to the stunts, because the stuntmen and women were putting themselves in such harm's way that he wanted to be able to capture it to show the quality of the stunts. He's the one that invented the piston flip, the one where it hits the, like, you shoot the the air piston and it flips the car. He's the one that invented all of this stuff, Steve. Like, when you go back and you read, like, that's what I mean. Like, so... For people that are more casual movie historians or not even into movie history, like, I think people need to know who Hal how, how Needham is. Just look it up. I'm sure there's been books written on him. I'm sure there's been a ton of stuff. But he's broken – where's the list? He broke 56 bones. He broke his back twice, and he punctured his lungs twice. Jeez, and that's before he became a director. Like that's before, and every time he came out with a new Burt Reynolds car movie, the critics hated it, but it did so well at at the box office that he didn't care because he loved doing car stuff. Like that's just what he what he enjoyed doing. So, but his credits, if you look, they go all the way back to. The westerns from the 50s, 40s, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Zorro, was, he was in Zorro, the TV series in 1957. They, I think he was on Gunsmoke and all of those. Like he was the guy that used to do the big falls. Like he would shoot the, the guy in. on, you'd shoot yep. the guy on the roof, and he would grab his chest yep. and he would fall through the railing like that. It was probably Hal Needham that you've watched, yep. but that's. So you bring up *Cannibal Run*, which, of course, is that was a Firebird, or is that a Trans Am? I'm gonna get that wrong, and i What do kick you mean, smoking the Bandit? Yeah, what was what was the Bandit's car? That was a Trans Am. Okay, but that's you can't think of smoking the Bandit without thinking of that car. You just can't. Of course. Did yeah. you know? Did you know there was a whole series of made-for-TV movies called Bandit colon a bunch of other stuff? They were like it was. I think the first one had Elizabeth Berkley in it, the girl that was Jesse from Saved by the Bell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then in, uh, striptease or whatever. Um,
1: yeah. Showgirls, showgirls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but then there was like a whole series of them. There was there was one with I think Kathy Ireland. There was one with like it, they picked whoever like the femme fatale of the day was and did like a made for TV movie that was just like the bandit would show up and something would happen and it was like it was almost like Night Rider, but instead of Michael Knight in a talking car, it was just a guy trying to be Burt Reynolds in the in the Trans Am or in the Firebird Trans mm-hmm. Am, whatever it was, but yeah. So, my favorite yeah, anecdote I think it was a uh,
0: 77 77 Trans Am, I think is what it was. Okay,
1: but my, my favorite anecdote about Hal Needham is if you read down either his IMDb or his Wikipedia page, there's this one anecdote that stuck out. He was the first human being to test a car airbag. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like the first human, like they was trash test dummies and stuff, but he was the first human being in a crash test to test how, it, how functional an airbag was. Oh, my God. It cracks me up. When I read that, I was one of those He's ones. badass. Ones that, badass. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't talk about any of those old movies without talking about Hal Needham. So if you don't know who Hal Needham is, look him up. You, I mean, you yeah, know his work, obviously, but... But that's what I mean. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of friends who are stunt performers. Like, I, I I have some friends that are actors, but a lot of the guys that I've become friendly with over the years are, are stunt actors. So I have a soft spot for stunt performers and like i know a lot of them by not not necessarily just my friends that are stunt guys but like people who are captain chris evans double from captain america like i know who heidi moneymaker is scarlett johansson's stunt double for any black widow fight sequences that you don't see her face she's the one that does all like she is amazing and then there's another girl named zoe bell it would make more mm-hmm. sense for me to explain who Zoe Bell is if you had seen Kill Bill. But you haven't seen Kill Bill, which now <laughs> I realize that's going but she yes. is she was Uma Thurman's stunt stunt double from Kill Bill and she's a trained mm-hmm. martial artist. But she is one of the female leads in Death Proof. The Quentin Tarantino, yep. Kurt Russell was stunt man. Mike, she's the one that does the stunt on the top of the I think they're driving the Challenger, where she has the two ropes on each side, and she's, like, hanging off the hood. Did you ever see Death Proof? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, that scraps. There's a there's a scene where she takes a bet from the two girls that are, she's doing like this cross country trip, and she goes on the hood of the car with just straps attached to each side view mirror, and she and she goes out there for real, and they go up to like 90 miles an hour, and then Kurt Russell's character stuntman Mike shows up and tries to run them off the road. Now Zoe Bell did this stunt for real because she is one of the top stunt women in the, in the world at that point in time so i loved how tarantino put her f- front and center in this movie and she you know she plays her character and she's actually not bad of not that bad of an actress but you can see her instead of playing the double of Uma Thurman you get to see how capable she actually is so. right that's, that's cool. one I, I love that kind of stuff. Anything where you actually get to see the stunt person and they do the stunt themselves. like that's. I might not like Tom Cruise and I really don't like what he is off screen. You have to respect what that man does on screen consistently. Oh, right. You yeah, just yeah. have to. The, the sequence in the most recent Mission Impossible, I think it's Fallout, the one where he's flying. Have you seen that one yet? I haven't What's seen it yet. Up? It's all on right. my it's, list, though. He does. All right, so... There's a part where there's like a helicopter chase. And so they, they came to him and they're like, all right, well, we're going to have this helicopter chase. And Tom Cruise is like, all right, I want to do it. And they're like, well, no, we're just going to use a stunt double. He's like, no, I want to learn how to fly a helicopter and I want to do the stunts myself. So they gave him like eight months to train to become a certified helicopter pilot. And then they, they, they had this behind the scenes featurette of all the stunts. And they talked to the stunt guy who was advising Tom Cruise, and he was like, I wouldn't try these moves. He was like, this, this guy's only been flying a helicopter for eight months, and he's doing <laughs> these these barrel rolls where like he almost loses, you know what I mean? Like, you go upside down, and you yeah, get in yeah. these drifts. And, hard it, to do in a helicopter. Hard to do if you're a seasoned <laughs> pro helicopter pilot. And Tom Cruise is like, no, I'm going to do it. But that's, that's what I mean. So anybody that does their own stunts, like... Like Jason Statham in, in Transporter and all that, I, I I appreciate more than quick cuts to not show. Or or back in the eighties when they literally didn't even try to match the stunt double to <laughs> to whoever the actor was. So like, it'd be a dark haired dude, and then the stunt double's like a blonde guy who gets thrown down the stairs. So <laughs> right, but yeah. All
0: right, so um, I'm looking at my list, and I was like, holy crap, I. I've made a huge omission but anyways <laughs> um, we're going to go with it because I wrote it down um, I, I put Christine on here sure I could argue that it's a horror movie um, it, I, it's the only I will say it's the only Stephen King book I've read the in its entirety
1: okay sixteen
0: and I read that in when we lived on Wayne Street and whatever when we I, shared a room together I I reading. it took me forever because it was like 1100 pages
1: I probably read it right shortly after you because I remember reading Stephen King very very young I've read Stephen King's one of my favorite authors I know that kind of makes me more of a pop culture bibliophile but whatever <laughs> I, I love I love Stephen King and I've read most, if not all, of his stuff, and I remember Christine, and I. I liked the movie. I. It's a John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Mo- it's a John Carpenter movie, man. Like the guy makes, the concept itself is ridiculous. But like the the mm-hmm. the movie was. There's some scary stuff in that movie, man. Like yeah, exactly. The, when it when it's driving down the street on fire and it's still chasing a kid, it scared the hell out of me. I'm not gonna yeah. lie.
0: Oh yeah, and and and, and well. Uh, it, <laughs> Then we're going to talk about Maximum Overdrive at some point.
1: Of course, um, can't not talk about Maximum Overdrive. That's that's on my list. Really, yeah. That's
0: so, yeah, so I need to finish up mine here. Um, Gone in sixty seconds. Sure, I like and that one. Ju- and I think that one. And there was a thing like where they uh, that scene where he where um uh, Robert Duvall and they and they get that old. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was a mid century mod or whatever, like a, a newer car. It wasn't a classic. It wasn't the Mustang GT or whatever, but he brought that car in with it. The scene where they used the, 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 the tailpipe to blow the powder. Yep.
1: That's whatever the old car it's, that was. It's it was a Cadillac. Like Cadillac. Yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah, Cadillac, it a Cadillac Eldorado.
0: Yeah. But it was like a not, it was like, it was, it was when the Cadillacs were not as cool as like the old Cadillacs and new Cadillacs. But then there was that, that weird period in the eighties where the Cadillacs yep. were really weird. Yep. Um, it was that, but they these guys were all like passionate, like they knew what engine was in it, and they like there was a thing where it was about part of it was about the cars, yeah. But even though they're out stealing cars, and it's a real high octane movie, there was I think they they did they paid homage to, you know, cars themselves as they were going through the list of fifty and giving them women's yeah. names and all that. And I thought that was
1: a, I thought that was a cool movie. Yeah, and that and Eleanor that that car and just the the Nicholas Cage talks about he he wanted the mem. He, one of Nicolas Cage's best character names is Memphis Reigns from from Gone in 60 Seconds. But when he first walks up to Eleanor for the first time and he starts like rubbing her hood and he goes, mm-hmm. "I like, know we've had a tumultuous relationship in the past," and he owns that car. Like Nicolas Cage requested that he go to stunt school to learn how to drive because yep. he wanted to do it all himself. So after the movie was over, I think he has one and. Whoever the director is, is it Turtle Tub or I, I forget who directed it, but there's two people that own the the only remaining Eleanors in Nicolas yeah, Cage. I think they
0: made like six
1: replicas for yep. that movie or something. And, and they destroyed all but two. And right. Nicolas Cage has one and the director has the other. And the director's terrified to even take it out on the on the road, where mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage drives it. I, I have a soft spot for Nicolas Cage, man. I, I do. Like any Except mm-hmm. for maybe Wicker Man. That's pretty bad. But like he's <laughs> he was in a new movie called Mandy, which was really, really bizarrely good. He plays like his wife got kidnapped by a cult and he goes crazy and goes after him. He, he, <laughs> I, I I love Nicolas Cage. I do. The full I, cage. Go go full cage. Wait, that's a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go cage. Oh, okay. But yeah. No, that's... I have that on here. The 67 Mustang Fastback. Movies that become... Or cars that become either have a research in popularity because of a movie or mm-hmm. becomes associated with a movie. is always bit yep. for me.
0: So 57 Mustang GT 500 had, and Ford actually brought back the GT 500 yep. at one point. Um, it wouldn't maybe, be surprised I, I, if I, it was yeah. right around then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was, it was after for sure, but, um, sure. it wasn't like in concert with the movie itself. Sure. Um, and then the last one on my list and it's a recent movie, but I just, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, was uh baby driver.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah i I love I love Edgar Wright. Every one of Edgar Wright movies I really really enjoy. And Baby Drivers is it was a two hour long music video. I I loved every yeah. second of it, The way it was choreographed to the music, and even when they first show him walking, listening to the song, and it's all kind of choreographed and like things are going in the to the beat in the in the background. Yeah. It was just yeah. And that that that's the kid that I thought should have been Han Solo. He he mm. would have been. He has yeah, that yeah. natural likability, but still has that kind of edge to him. I thought he would have been perfect as a solo in the new solo movie. But yeah, eh. but yeah, I mean that's also it's got Kevin Spacey in it, man. Are we love yeah, the Are we love the like things with Kevin Spacey in it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But I, Jamie Fox is great in it. John he's a bad guy in it, though. But Kevin Spacey's the bad
1: guy in it. Right? Spoiler I mean, alert: You don't know that. Well, yeah, I guess you kind of do. But yeah, Kevin Spacey's a bad guy. Of
0: course. Um, all right, couple other things to highlight here. Um, again, I didn't have a fast movie on here, which I probably should have. Yeah, just, um, we
1: talked about the franchise. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be like none of them are quality movies, but they're entertaining. Right. They're, yeah, they certainly
0: are. Um, uh, I didn't put Herbie on there. I didn't put Days <laughs> of Thunder on there. I didn't put right. Cannibal Run on there. I didn't put Vanishing Point on there or Death Race. Okay. Were the ones, and then I, I until you mentioned it, I can't remember if that was beginning or before we got on air. Was the uh, maximum override? Maximum
1: overdrive, which is such a soft spot. That was one of those ones that I I think I either convinced you or Jen to rent. I think yep. I may have been you, just because I was like, dude, ACDC did the soundtrack. You're like, all right, I'm in Stephen <laughs> King, and, and I remember watching, and I loved. The- it's not good. It's not a good movie at all. And it's it's literally to this day is Stephen King's only directing credit, and one of my favorite nuggets that i read when i was doing my research he says they asked stephen king why he hasn't directed any movies since then and he goes have you watched maximum overdrive <laughs> <laughs> He that that was the height of stephen that was right before his car accident where he was an alcoholic he was a cocaine addict like he says he yeah. doesn't really remember making maximum overdrive but i have such a soft spot for that movie the the green goblin elf Front of the truck that glued oh, the, with his r- red eyes, like even the narratives don't necessarily make sense. Like, why do they possess cars and, and some, and for some reason, like an electric meat cutter? Do you remember the girl? The, <laughs> yeah, the girl yeah. gets attacked by that, and then like the kid gets run over by the steamroller, which I I always loved, or the 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 coach getting hit with the the cans from the vending machine and collapsing mm-hmm. his forehead. Yeah, it's it's Stephen King all coked out making a horror, <laughs> horror movie about possessed He's vehicles. Cer- he certainly had a thing with I mean Christine and Matt sure.
0: Overdrive certainly had a thing with like the mach- the rise of the machines, particularly sure. with automobiles. So. He, I mean,
1: he is such a prolific writer that he has addressed pretty much every every horror movie contrivance or contrivance that you could think of, whether it's possessed right. cars, there was he did one where it was a possessed monkey that was like a one of those stuffed monkeys that played the drum he He'd done ones like you know he's written so mm-hmm. much that i'm pretty sure if you have if you're scared of something stephen king's probably written about it at some point in time but you're missing one that is number one on my list and is on my all-time greatest movie list and my easily my top five action movie list Mad Max, Tango and Cash? Mad Max Fury Road, man. Don't even, mm. don't ever insult. That is one <laughs> of my favorite action movies of all time. That movie, start to finish, doesn't slow down except for a few moments. It doesn't have inflated dialogue. It doesn't, it's all about the action. And the mm-hmm. behind the scenes of them doing that movie is the most insane. 80% of that stuff is is real the people swinging on the poles, the exploding cars with the the, the motorcycles jumping over it. That's all mm-hmm. real. They went out in the, miser- the middle of the Namibian desert and just blew shit up. Like, just all over the place. Like, there was points where they actually damaged the ecosystem and they had to pay it back. Like, oh, they, had to, they had to donate to, like, this wildlife fund and stuff. But there's a scene where the one character knocks, spoiler alert, has to flip this giant modified tractor trailer to block this opening and it's this one stunt guy was like look i'm gonna flip it right here it's gonna slide and it's gonna and so like they only could do it so one time because it was this giant truck that they had to flip and so they had a bunch of cameras placed in different areas for it and he nails it on the first try and it slides in perfectly and in the context of the movie it's really really important but like that stunt work to me is flawless And to anybody that doesn't like, that says they've seen Mad Max Fury Road and doesn't like it, then we have completely different taste in movies. (laughs) Completely. It's like if you don't like John Wick, come on, man. That was one of those ones, like as soon as you said car movies, I almost texted you, like, all right. It's like when you said we were going to do martial arts movies. I was like, all right, you need to watch The Raid immediately. (laughs) Steve, like, go watch it, like, before next week's episode and then come back to me and we'll start with... Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. All right. Sorry. 6 6 Academy Awards, Steve. 6. It's a, it's, a, it's a post-apocalyptic action chase movie that won 6 Academy Awards and was up <laughs> for a bunch of a bunch of other ones. It won for editing, costume, makeup, sound, sound editing, and production design. And it was All up right. for other like ugh. dude, 80% of what you see in the film is practical like they use like to replace skies and obviously Charl- Charlize Theron has both of her arms and she does it in the movie. So like, that's probably a good five to 10% of the CGI that's in it. So, <laughs> right. But when you see it, you're like, no way did they do that for real? And then go on YouTube and look up the behind the scenes and they're like, yep, they really flipped the giant tractor trailer in the middle of the desert or they blew this car up while it was going under another car. There's scenes wow. where they, they swing on these giant poles to like try to capture people, they're Cirque du Soleil performers that know how to do that uh, stuff. Right, that are yeah. they do? They strap Tom Hardy to the front of this rig going ninety miles an hour across the <laughs> desert, man. Yeah. Like it's oh, and All it's right. yeah. So Okay,
0: that's your homework. All right. Uh, luckily, I got through Punisher. I think that was one of my last homework. I still need to watch Russian Doll. I think. Yeah,
1: you'd like it if you like Natasha Lyonne. I, I do. If you like her, you'd like to give it like it's like any show, give it an episode or two. Get through two episodes, and if you don't like it, turn it off. I love which one? Russian doll, Russian doll. Yeah, but watch watch Mad Mad Max Fury Road and then text me immediately after you're over because I know what it's going to say. You're like, Yep, that was awesome. Yeah,
0: all right. Well, I'm I'm, I might be traveling this week. I'm definitely traveling next week. I'm heading out your way next week, so yep. uh, I'll need something to watch on the plane.
1: Fair enough. Download it. All right. Any, anything
0: else you want to? No,
1: I, just, I uh, just had to talk about Fury Road. We're, we're, right. we're going to talk about it again after you watch it. I yeah, love I guess, that movie. Yeah, we'll do a whole thing on that. Yeah. Um,
0: car chases, though. I, like if I go back and I, it's one of those things. Like I, maybe it's because it was so long, you notice it. But the car chase in Ronin. Yep, it's. I have know, that written down. I think it's probably the like out of any movie. Car chase for me is one of the top ones. Like it, it goes on, I want to say it's like 20 minutes long or sure. something. And it's and it's it is it ebbs and flows and it's, it has a whole life to its own. I just remember and I only seen Run of once.
1: Yeah. Like well, um, but Sean, I just remember
0: re watching the uh, uh, the, the car scene.
1: Yeah. Like, did it directed by John Frankenheimer, the guy that did French Connection. Uh, right. So that's why like the guy understands how to pace a car chase and not make it feel overdone and make it feel realistic. That's another one that the, the, the chubby guy from what was the the TV show with all the, the cops and the fire department, ah, whatever the skip Scudith, the guy that plays the driver in the movie requested to John Frankenheimer to do a stunt driving. And they were like, all right, but if I see any brake lights at all, I'm bringing in a stunt driver. And so he went and trained for like six to eight months to become a stunt driver and did all of that stunt driving himself. Nice. I, have, I, I appreciate that. Cause if I had General. the chance, Steve, like, wouldn't you do that? Like if someone was like, Hey, of you course, if, if uh, we'll, we'll send you to the best stunt driving school in the country and you will have personal hand on or personal hands on training by some of the top stunt drivers in the world. I would do that in a second. Yeah, John Frankenheimer. It's the guy that did Manchurian Candidate and Black Sunday uh, yeah. and French I'm, looking Ke-
0: through his, yeah. I'm looking through his thing here.
1: But that's why I same thing. I was looking, I was like, Why does that name sound so familiar? I was like, Oh, French Connection.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then you know, you can't talk car movies and I finished this up. It wasn't on my list, but and I and I watched it um when 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 Vince was getting into cars. Um And we watched, you know, we had watched a bunch of car movies. Was Bullet with Steve McQueen? Yep. Like I I, I think he, I think if you look at somebody who started and did, you know, he did all his own driving. Yep. He was a stunt guy first. Yep. And and he had in the streets of San Francisco, like there was a lot, like. Like there's a lot that's been ripped off or inspired that movie's inspired a lot of the car stuff that you see. And sure. it was it was a it was an old Mustang. I don't think it was a sixty seven G T five hundred, might have been. Um but it was made in like the early seventies. Yeah. And I think if you look at our the car movies that we put on the list and the car movies we talked about all take pay homage in some respect to to Bullet. Sure. So sure. I'll give a shout out to Stephen Queen on that one.
1: And it, it's the same thing that if you look at the geography of the chase sequence, it doesn't make any sense. Like where it, like the turns that he makes and he ends up one way. It's the, do you remember the movie called, what was the oh, striking distance? The one with Bruce Willis in Pittsburgh, yeah. in Pittsburgh where he turns the quarter, he's in Polish Hill. And then the next thing he's like in Oakland, <laughs> it's the same thing, Steve. Where like, if anybody who's from that area watches it, they're like, well, that's not exactly how it would work. It's, it's the right. same thing with, with bullet that, there are sequences that it was like, all right, you can't go from here to here that quickly. But I always striking distance is one of those ones that only matters to anybody who's ever lived in Pittsburgh. And you're like, wait, how is he right. in, he's on Carson street in Southside, And then he turns the corner and he's up like somewhere in Robinson. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't work. But, yeah.
0: I think we should do a, uh, a list of episode about movies either shot in or take place in Pittsburgh. Sure. That could be an episode for a, a future one. And and along those lines, so as we wrap up, um, I was going to mention this to you. Uh, and there's a, and we can get into this. I think we're going to get into this next episode, but I'll tease it a little bit here. Is um, I saw through a mutual uh, connection that there's a uh, a documentary that's going to hit Kickstarter here in the next week. Um, Sheets versus Wawa. Ooh. But it's but it's a documentary. But they're going to they're going to document the the rivalry of in, in Pennsylvania. So if you're not from Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, the, like the Eastern and Western Pennsylvania are very different. Um, yes. We grew up on the Western side. Chris now lives on the Eastern side. Um, and there is a, you know, what started as gas stations now that have become these full convenience store, gas station, food stop, whatever, on the eastern Pennsylvania, they swear by Wawa. On western Pennsylvania, they swear by, by Sheets, and and they really haven't been a lot of overbuilding. Like, it, like rarely do you see a place that has both Sheets and Wawa. Yep. There are they some but respect they, their they, turf. They, yeah, yeah. So there's a guy making a documentary. It's going to hit Kickstarter here, I think, this week. Um, and it's called Sheets versus Wawa. So uh, that's a I want to d- delve into that next time, and maybe sure. we can even get this guy on. Maybe he'll be our first guest if we want to do an interview style format. Maybe we'll sure. get him on the uh, uh, get him on the old podcast here to talk about because it is an interesting topic. There's a whole lot of pop culture in there. There's a uh, and it really it, it kind of accentuates the difference between the. Uh, the Western PA and Eastern PA.
1: Sure. And if there's one thing that I know it's Pennsylvania. I grew up in yeah, Erie. Yeah, yeah. I went to school in Penn State and then I lived in Pittsburgh for six years and now I've lived in Philly for ten. So yeah. Right. I know I know my Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I lived in York for what we lived there for three yep.
0: years, but then, you know, Erie for most of the time. And then, yeah. you know, IUP was not quite smacked dab in the middle, like state pretty, college or pretty close. on the western side.
1: Yeah, pretty close. What? So. I said pretty close though. Rural Pennsylvania. Well, cool.
0: Well, I think that that'll do it for this episode of Match Wits. Uh, so, a couple of new things uh, with the podcast. So, uh, as of this morning, you can now uh, get Match Wits on Spotify. So, if you happen to use Ooh. Spotify for your uh, for your listening of all things music, and, you can, and now you know they've added podcast Match Wits is now available. I need to check it out with Alexa to see if we can just say, "Hey, Alexa, play Match Wits." That'd sure. be pretty cool. Um, it's also in the process of getting added to the Himalaya app. Uh, that should be up in a couple of days and that's a new, uh, kind of a new podcasting aggregator app that you can get for your phone and put all your podcasts in there. So we'll be up there as well. Cool. You can always find us on iTunes and in the Google play store. Um, or you can go to our website at matchwits.com. Uh, that's two T's and an S, uh, or follow us on, on Twitter at matchwits. Um, and again, we'll give us a, give us a follow. We'll follow you back. And, uh, Again, we're going to start posting more content out there. I put some stuff from last episode uh, when we talked about Major League and Cleveland sports. I posted the the Freddie Kitchens video out there. and Oh, and by the way, another plug for the Browns. Um, uh, episode one of Building the Browns. Yeah, it starts soon, right? It dropped today. Oh. You should watch it. It's really good. I'm going to. It's really good because they, um, they show huge. Jack Jackson getting fired. They show good. Mary Frandall handing him the ball. They show Colin Coward. Like Colin Coward hates the Browns. He hates yep. Baker Mayfield. And they play that like it. It. It's not just a you know a state created, even though it is a, like it's it's created by the Browns. But they, you know, they throw they throw shade. They kind of take their lumps. Like it, uh, the first episode, I thought was really good, and you get to see Freddie Kitchens too. So right. uh, uh, show I'll his watch press it. conference behind the scenes. I watched it this morning.
1: So. All right. I watch it. I, I knew it was dropping soon. I didn't know when it was, but yeah, it gives me something to watch tonight. Alright, good deal. Alright, man. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. <laughs> All right, yeah. okay.